Dynasty Kings, football by the numbers. Ain't nothing prehistoric about it. It's the fantasy land before time, man. You did. And we talking about them analytics. Yeah, I dig it. You know them digits, we fit it inside of cells. But thinking outside of the box when we did it, outside prevails. We got eight inside of the box, but we finished plenty to tell. So go ahead and plug in a pot and just listen. It's the Dino Seat. Velociraptors, it takes okay. dilapidated no way. Nope. Man, it's a rap, no debate. Hey. Breaking it down with the dynasty. Yeah. Often reside with the pylons beam. Yeah. Often we talking about dynasty. Yeah. Rocking with me at the times you'll see. Yeah. Out of the pocket online on me. Too much subjective is not for me. It's not for me. I'm rocking with the dynasty. Yeah. Dynasty. Locking the lineup and I don't need. Filming the fables cause finally I got all the facts. No anomaly. Yeah. Let's get it. Y'all reach his T-Rex at best. And I don't mean to go flex. I'm a dinosaurus to death. Yeah. Look, if you dino, you know. Welcome to the Dynasty Kings Fantasy Football Podcast. Jake and Mike, let's ride. All right, welcome back to episode 10 of Dynasty Kings. It's Friday, so we're going to be talking about Debbie, talking about college. And today's topic, we're talking about the 2022 tight end class. Now, joining me today is not Jake, but the Fantasy McVeigh. It's going to be Matt Bruning himself of Campus to Canton. How are you doing, Matt? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on here. I appreciate the the throw there to Fantasy McVeigh. Uh, you know, my brother from another mother. So I, I appreciate right. it. I'm excited to jump on here and uh, talk uh, tight ends with you, the 2022 class. Yeah. So just to get into it, I I already talked about it earlier. I I hate tight ends. I hate I hate scouting tight ends. You, you don't know what's gonna hit, what's gonna miss. They sit on your roster for three years, and you gotta wait three years to find out if they wasted your time or not. It's terrible. It is. I would definitely suggest, if you can, to always trade for tight ends who have produced at the NFL level because you know what you're getting. You're, it is a lot of guessing game. You know, a lot of people say that scouting quarterbacks are the hardest thing when it comes to dynasty. For me, I agree with you. It's tight ends. It's just really – we talk about wide receivers landing spot matters. It really matters for a tight end because you could get an offensive guy who goes to a team that really uses them for run blocking, pass blocking. They never get to use their offensive weapons. You look like a guy. Look at a guy like Dawson Knox who came out of Ole Miss. When he came out of college, we all loved him, and it's taken him, as you just mentioned, three years to finally start producing for the Buffalo Bills. So it, it is definitely a big hit and miss game. I mean, George Kittle was like a fourth, fifth round draft pick in the NFL. Not many people thought he was going to turn into to what he's turned into. So it, it's definitely a bigger swing and miss, I think, than any other position in fantasy football. Yeah, absolutely. Just getting into some, some analytics of it. Uh, just like you said, it took Kittle. Kittle was a fifth round draft pick, a back end fifth round draft pick. Yeah. Took him. Took him. Well, it, it's just draft capital doesn't matter much for this business. Other ones do. Even Darren Waller, he was picked six point two eight for his draft class. I mean, and those are two of the top names in the industry right now. And uh, I, I agree, the landing spot actually really does matter here. Um, I wrote an article early on for Campus to Ken. Uh, talking about how the relevant tight ends go to teams without a reliable second wide receiver or or without a wide receiver at all. So like like Travis Kelsey, like who's the second wide receiver on that roster? Nobody. nobody Travis Kelsey. Yeah, yeah, right. And you got Darren Waller. Like they don't have a wide receiver one there. And then after that, you got Hawkinson. You know, as yeah. So I, I'm with you, man. Landing spot matters for tight end draft capital. It's just it's such a crapshoot, man. But yeah, are you ready? You ready to dive into some names here that you enjoy? Let's let's talk about them. Let's let's talk about some guys who are probably gonna. I'm gonna miss on, but we'll we'll talk about them. Okay, you want to give us your your tight end one to start off? 
Yeah, I'll give you my tight end one. So my tight end one right now, based on the way he's playing, and I. So I'll, I'll be honest. I don't dive as deep into the numbers as as you guys do. I, I rely heavily on what I see on film. Um, and right now, it's Trey McBride out of Colorado State. It's also because he has the stat stuff to bounce to to go with it. He's very good after the catch. He's also not a guy that gets brought down on the first tackle, which I think is is a big thing for him. 6'4", 260. He moves quick. Now, I'm a little worried. I would be more worried about his size if he wasn't 260, but I think that's the perfect playing size for a tight end. My biggest fear with him is I do think he needs to go to a pass-friendly offense. Again, as you mentioned at the beginning of the episode, landing spot does matter. But right now, based on just kind of the weakness, I think, of the offensive threat tight ends in this class, he is my number one. No, same here. Uh, he is absolutely number one. Just to um, put out the numbers that me and Jake look at for regression, his regression analysis, it, what matters to us is their uh, dominator rating in college, which he is the number one receiving tight end in college right now. Um, their height and weight actually does factor into it, and his 40 time and speed score, which we won't really know until the draft. But I, I'm with you. I, I like when the film meets the analytics. Jake won't ever admit it, but I watch a lot more film than he does. So I, I'm with you. He looks like the real deal out there, and I have like nothing else to add because I saw the exact same thing. Yeah, and I mean, the one thing for Colorado State, too, as well, is I know he's playing the tight end position, but they've put a lot of wide receivers into the NFL of recent. Uh, they've got another guy on that team, Dante Wright, who I think is going to be good. So I think he's he's learning well from that side of things. He's also a good route runner. So I, I'm excited to see what he can do at the next level. Yeah, same here. That's also my tight end one, but I'll roll right into my tight end two here. I keep forgetting about these banners, man. But my tight end, too, is going to be Jalen Watermeyer. Um, I'm not really excited about his production right now. It's Isaiah's, Isaiah Spiller's team. I'm not really sure the numbers will come, but I think this kid's going to be the athletic freak coming out of the NFL Combine. Um, and that's that's kind of why I have him up here this high, just because I think teams are going to see this potential. He's going to get that solid draft capital, and he's going to go to a, a team that's going to focus on his development. <laughs> what about you? My number two, and this might be a little bit of a homer call, it's Jeremy Ruckert out of Ohio State. Uh, coming in 6'5", 250. If you go and look at, uh, I don't suggest looking at highlights. I suggest watching film. But if you type in his name in YouTube, you're going to see some amazing one-handed catches. The issue with Jeremy Ruckert, you just mentioned Jalen Weidermeyer doesn't get a lot of production. Neither does Jeremy Ruckert because I don't, I'm don't. i not 100% sure Ryan Day understands what a tight end does or if they actually exist on the football field. I think when he sees the TE, he thinks that's an extra tackle, not an actual tight end position. Uh, but he does have a – right now he's rocking a 6.9 dominator rating this year. So obviously for the analytics side, that's not something you want to see. But overall, he is a very good tight end. He's got the size, incredible catch radius, and very good athleticism. He's, I think, a – I'm going to use the name George Kittle, but I'm not comping him to George Kittle. I think he's a guy that you're not going to see the production out of him offensive-wise. He's going to go into the NFL. Or Dawson Knox. Actually, I think that's the guy that I was going to compare him to more is Dawson Knox. is a guy that he was barely used at Ole Miss. I think he had like 20 catches over a couple years and he comes out, takes him a couple years to get used to the NFL game, and now we see what he's finally doing. I know it's only five weeks in, but he's looked really good. I think that's what Ruckert can do. He's a decent blocker. He's not the best, but he's really good on the offensive side of the ball. If he goes to a team that can use him right and allow him to develop for a year or two, I think Ruckert can be an absolute steal because I do think he's a guy who likely you're going to be able to get third, fourth round in your rookie drafts. Nobody drafts tight ends these days anyways, uh, but I think he's got a ton of upside, again, just with how good his hands and athleticism are. Yeah, I'm with you. He's got great hands. He's actually posting a um, 83% catch rate this year so far. And 
for his last three years, he's uh, posting a 27% touchdown rate on his catches too. So he's 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 an animal too. He, he's on my list as well. And just to throw out some numbers for Wademeyer here, he he broke Martellus's Bennett all-time touchdown record at Texas A&M. And that that's actually about all I had to add to that. But <laughs> so my my tight end three though, let me just get into it. Is uh Greg Greg Dolchik? Greg Dolchik. Did I say that right? Yeah, Dolchik. Yeah. Okay, Dolchik. Okay, yeah, he's tight end for um UCLA. He's he's got six four size. It's about the right size. He's two forty five. So he's he's in the weight range too. He's posting an eighteen point four percent dominant rating. Um, I love the kid's work ethic. I mean, he's he's a walk on. Uh, receiver turned tight end. I just I think that's he's falling into his work ethic, um, and and he's he's showing some nice route running ability, and he and he's putting on the weight each year. I believe he came in last year like two thirty, and this year two forty five. So he's hitting that weight room in his spare time, and he he's showing absolute dedication to the craft. Um, he he is absolutely receiving threat for me. I think he needs to work on his uh his blocking again. He's just new to it, but but besides that, I think he's a great prospect here. Yeah, I like Dolchich a lot. He didn't make my list, but he is definitely an intriguing name to watch out for, especially if he can improve his blocking. My tight end three is your tight end two, and that's Jalen Weidermeyer. And, I mean, you mentioned a lot of what he's got going for him, good hands. Um, he had that early breakout age, which I know matters for some people, 6'5", 265. You know, he's, he really does have it all. He lacks a little bit in the long speed. And I don't think he's a great blocker. Like, he's willing to go up and block anybody, but he's not the greatest of blockers. I agree with you, obviously. The production thing is – I don't know how much it'll hurt him when it comes to NFL evaluation because I'm not sure NFL guys really evaluate how much production some of these guys are, especially when you are the the Jeremy Ruckerts and the Weidermeyers of the world that can do both. They can block and be part of the offensive game. I think they're going to look at that and say, hey, this is a power running team. They're running behind Isaiah Spiller. I look at what he's done when he's been given the chances, and I think he's going to be a, a very good tight end. Again, he's my tight end three, your tight end two. He, he's got it all. Obviously, you don't love that he – well, I, I mean, I don't think he's going to come back as a senior. I, I would think he's going to come out as a junior this year just because this class is a little bit weak. Uh, but he's he's my my tight end three. I expect good things from him. Yeah. I um, Speaking to the, uh, the production – sorry, the production – um, who was last year's uh, top tight end? It's, it's the it's, it was a tight end out of Boston College. His name's escaping me right now. Hunter Long. Hunter, Hunter Long. Long, yeah. And he didn't get really solid draft capital. I mean, he wasn't one of the yeah, first yeah. couple of tight ends off the board either. But he was absolutely the one leading the numbers there. So um, yeah, he had a massive season with Jerkovich last year. Yeah. So my tight end, well, my tight end four is Jimmy Ruckert, who we just talked about from Ohio State. Uh, my tight end five is uh, Charlie Collier. Um, I haven't looked at him as much this year as I did last year, uh, but he's six foot six, two sixty, put him up that twenty point two percent dominant rating. So he, he's just a big body tight end. Um, with a lot of these tight ends, I think he does well, but I think a lot of them do well too. Is that he understands his weaknesses and uses his body and his frame to win in his routes type of thing. Get get his body between him and the defender and make those catches. Um, he's on a run first team, so I think he probably has one of the most blocking experience of anyone coming out this year. Uh, besides that, he's he's. I think he's shown some flashes as a blocker and as a as a as a contested catch receiver or tight end. So I believe he's going to be on the radar. Yeah, hundred percent. He is actually my tight end four. So I'm I'm right there in lockstep with you on that. He's he is a really good tight end. You know, he's I think his basketball background helped him out a lot. He played basketball in high school. I think that helps in and not just his catch radius. He's very explosive and he's very good in route running as well, which which you do like to see out of your tight end. I was kind of 
curious as to why he came back. I don't know if that's because maybe he didn't get as good a draft grade last year as maybe he thought he was going to get because he is a redshirt senior. I don't think coming back this year a lot. Maybe it was because a lot of people expected Iowa State to make the playoffs. They obviously have not been as good as we expect them to. He's been dealing with a couple of injuries this year as well. But, I mean, he's a really good tight end. Again, it's it's really size, athleticism, play, strength, catch radius, really good route runner. You know, I think he he's going to be right there with all these top guys. Again, it, it, I think landing spot, like we talked about earlier, may be the big separator between some of these top guys. Right, yeah. I, all these guys who we've talked about here, maybe not Greg, Greg, Greg Dolce, but I think these guys could be almost an instant starter from, like, day one. I'm not saying they're going to be fancy relevant, but yeah. I think they could see the field, like, day one. Um, yeah, absolutely. My tight end six, so I went back and forth on between like raising and lowering him, uh, and I'm not, I didn't count in last night's game, which I actually didn't get to watch either. Is Isaiah Likely of uh, CCU? Um, he's six foot four, two forty five, so a little on the smaller side compared to everybody else on this list. Not that small. And before last night, he had a twenty four point seven percent dominant rating. After his big game last night, he goes up to a thirty six point two percent dominant rating. So he's like up there with Trey McBride's like numbers. Um, what are your thoughts on Isaiah Likely? I like him. He did not – or he made my top seven. I'm sorry. He's number six for me as well. So, yeah, I've, okay. I've, I've got um, – the big play last night, when you can go 99 yards as a, as a tight end and nobody catch up with you, that's – like that catches your eye, right? Like you, there's some wide oh, receivers who can't even do that. And for a tight end to go do that, uh, that was definitely very, very impressive. I um so like I said I have him at six. My uh, five is and I always say his last name wrong is Brant Keith, I believe okay. uh, the tight end out of Utah. He's a guy that I really like. He's really athletic. He was a track star in high school. He actually played running back, wide receiver, and quarterback in high school. So he's done it all, and he's been like the leading receiver for Utah the past couple of years. Now, granted. You got to take that with a little bit of a grain of salt. Utah's passing attack is not what you would consider explosive and or dangerous. But the fact that they use him as much has been a, a big thing for me. I like uh, it lines up with a lot of the analytics stuff. Uh, Chris Moxley, who's part of our team over at Camps to Canton, we talked about him a little bit in the offseason. You know, had a 21% market share last year, 10% dominator, which again is not great. This year, he's got a 17.29 dominator rating, though, so far through five weeks, which I like to see. But he's a really, really good route runner, really good hands. I think his athleticism is underrated. He's a senior, so I think he does it all. He's another guy, like you said earlier, I think he can, because of his blocking ability, get on the field early. And then that's, I think, what really helps translate these guys moving forward in the NFL to be successful. Yeah, so... Um, going back to I, first off, I've never looked into Brandt, so that's that's I got I wrote that name down on my list. I'll keep my eye out. I'm putting him on my big board. Uh, going back to Likely here, though, I, I did want to say this about him uh, as a blocker. I I'm worried about his blocking because I, I have seen him lose blocks to G5 linemen, and if he can't yeah. block G5 linemen, I'm not like excited about that at the next level. But, yeah, so I like, wonder. I, go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say, is that a concern for you? Like, does that go into your thought process? Yes, absolutely. Because you, even if we think it doesn't matter, I think we've seen from the NFL that they don't value G5 players the way they value P5 players. So maybe if he was doing that on a P5 level, it wouldn't be that big of an issue because they'd be like, hey, you know, we can work on that. I think some of it is his strength, not necessarily. I'm not a never played tight end, not a tight end coach. So I don't know. I, I feel like it's just he gets beaten, and maybe it's some of it is play strength. But I'm with you. The blocking worries me. However, the one thing I will say, and again, going back to like that massive run he had last night with the 99 yards, yeah. is 
we do see the NFL transitioning more to some of these tight ends just being exactly that. You don't see them ask Travis Kelsey to block that much anymore. There's a lot of guys coming out. Noah Fant was not a very good blocker when he came out. He was considered more of that that offensive weapon. It was Hawkinson that was that complete blocking tight end. And I think you could argue both of them have been just as successful at the NFL level. So I think he's really what the one guy in my top seven that I think if he goes to the right offense, it's like, hey, we've got a block. Like, they're not a great power attack, but if you were to go to like a Minnesota, who's like, well, we already have these two blocking tight ends. We just want a guy who can be what Kyle Rudolph was when he was younger on the team, when he was an absolute stud back with uh, Case Keenum and Kirk Cousins. You'd be like, hey, we're just going to throw the ball to you when Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen are covered, and you do your thing. I-, I think that that could be very good for him, but he's got to, he's the one that I think has got to go to like a pass offense that's going to use him that way. Yeah, and you mentioned how the well, you talk about the tight end positions like transforming and stuff like that. I one of the things I do like when I notice is is when tight ends are moved around the formation, like they're out wide, in line, in the slot, the H back. If I see them being used in all those positions, I I love the versatility. I I love how the coaches are scheming for those players to get more involved. It's it's just another, it's one it's one of those bright spots I like to see. I don't have any metrics that actually say it correlates, um, but also. I also like when they have a higher catch rate than the quarterback has throw rate. That's just a thing for me for tight ends and, and wide receivers. It's like when I see them having a higher catch rate than, than uh, the completion rate for the quarterback. So I'm saying that that's, they're making the body adjustments to make those catches and stuff like that. So, Yeah, so just to, to your point, too, on Isaiah Likely here. So uh, he's been in line as a tight end for 195 snaps so far this year. He's been in the backfield as a running back for four snaps. And he's actually been put in the slot and out wide for 66 snaps. So he's a guy who that doesn't sound like a lot when you hear 195. That is a lot for a tight end, especially at the at the college level, to be moved around that way. So the fact that he's already been moved around 70 different times, whether it's the backfield, the slot position, or out wide, that's pretty good for a tight end. All right, let me move on to my last tight end seven here, and that's going to be Cade Auden. I, I kind of fell off a little bit on him since the start of this year because um, I haven't really seen much. He's only played three games so far, um, but he's really, he flashed last year for me. I thought he had pretty good short area burst. Uh, he's six foot five, 250, currently at a 12.5% dominant rating. I just thought that with the departure of Harrison Bryant that I would see a little more out of him this year. And so I'm a little worried now if he can't rise as a top tight end option, um, if he can become successful at the next level. And, and that's kind of my concern with him. But uh, he, he shows the same as everybody else, so some nice over-the-middle catches. You know, uses his body, uses his frame, uh, needs improvement on some blocking. But I, I am a little worried about the production profile now that he is the, the lead tight end in that field. Yeah, and I mean, I think a lot of that is hurting him is uh, Dylan Morris is not a very good quarterback, and that offense has just not looked good this year. But I agree with you. He's really good route runner, really good hands. I know uh, Colin over at Campus of Canton was really big on Otten this or earlier this offseason as well. And he just missed making my list. He's one of the guys that I considered. Um, I went a little bit different here with my seven because my six was likely. Uh, my seven was is Cole Turner, the, the tight end out of Nevada. I really like those guys that are converted wide receivers because you know that they're really good route runners and really good hands, and Turner has that. He also oh, – what I do with my – my thing here. He has got the production profile as well. Great catch radius. And he was the one for Nevada last year. Now I was hoping to see more this year, but with the, uh, with the way dubs has kind of stepped up even more, 
he's not produced as much. This year he's only got 202 yards and two touchdowns, which is not great. He's rocking, I uh, believe it was like a – was it 17 something dominator? It may have been more than that. I may have miswrote that down, but uh, he's, he's a very good tight end. My biggest fear with him, he's got the size. He's six, um, six, six, two forty. So you'd like to see him put on a little bit of weight, which I do think can happen when you get to the NFL and get into their weight programs. In my, in my opinion, you'd like to see tight ends around two fifty. Some people may say, well, 10 pounds, is it really that big a difference? It kind of is, especially at the NFL level. But I, I do think just with how good of a route runner, he is, route runner he is, his hands, how explosive he can be, his catch radius, he is a guy that I think could be a true like game-changing offensive weapon if they use him the right way. Almost a – I kind of view him as like a David Njoku, or at least what the Browns hoped they were getting out of David Njoku, out of Miami when they, when they drafted him. Just this like offensive athletic freak. I think Cole Turner can do that. He's going to have to produce where David Njoku hasn't. Some of that may have been more injuries, and realistically they were not that good of a passing offense before when they first drafted him. But Cole Turner comes in as my last tight end here, tight end seven. Okay. Did you did you, did you not talk about Jake Ferguson yet? No, I was going to – he's on my list of, like, guys to, to mention. I was I was thinking about putting okay. him uh, putting him in there, but then I bumped um, – who was it that I bumped up? Uh, likely and then Keith because I was kind of torn between – those guys, I, I like all of them. Like Ferguson, he's kind of the same thing. He comes, uh, he's out of Wisconsin. I think that he's a really good tight end. He's been injured a lot this year, so I'm a little bit worried about that. But he actually has the production. He's got the size, uh, two six five two forty six. Another redshirt senior, but I don't think that matters as much as a tight end. Like we look back, we look down on that when it comes to wide receivers and running backs, like coming out that late. I don't think that matters as much for tight end. In fact, I actually think it's probably a better thing because he's coming out a little bit more mature, probably more into the size he's going to fill into as a an NFL player, which then helps him in the blocking game. Which I do believe Ferguson is a very good blocker. Um, but like I said, he's very good pass catcher and he has the production. Now he also has struggled with injuries this year as well, but he's a guy that I think, I mean, like he's right there for me. It's, it's McBride, Rucker and Weidermeyer. And then everybody else is kind of in a tier with themselves there in that group too. Okay. Yeah. I, I let me just talk about something that I wanted to mention too. The, the big name that we skipped is uh Jalil Billingsley here, uh tight end of Alabama. I, I think preseason he would have been like top two on everyone's like consensus list. Um, To me, he's just, he wasn't on my consensus list. He's just, or my list. Uh, he's he's two thirty. Um, it's just real. That's really like. Cause I, at first, when I first looked him up, I saw his like forty time was something like a four four, and I was like, that's insane. And I saw his weight, and I was like, oh yeah, that, well now makes that sense. makes sense. Yeah. So I, I don't think I don't think with that size he can do anything at the NFL. He's a junior, so I'm 100 fully expecting him to just go back next year, put on the weight, and and just like how you say, like the weight's not a huge deal at two thirty. It is. But like if it was like oh five or ten pounds, yeah, they can put that on the offseason with some NFL trainers. So, any any thoughts yeah. on Jill Billingsley? I'm I'm right there with you. I need to. I'm also a little bit worried, and it, we've seen him kind of get more and more integrated in the offense now these past couple weeks. But to start off the season, there was a lot of stuff after after the spring game about bad rumors about him with the team, and then he wasn't playing really to start off the season. So I don't know what that was all about. That worries me a little bit. If there was anything off off the field. But I'm with you. Like, we were talking about 250. I'd be like, okay, I don't even care about the not 10 pounds. He's running the two. He's running a four four. Right. Let's go. 230. I mean, that's that's. I don't. I don't know that he could 
put on 20 to 30 pounds and make it into the NFL because I think he loses his speed. And if he loses his speed, right. how much does that matter? Then how, how productive is he going to be going into the NFL? Yeah, and that's big for me too because I, I, we want these players to add on that weight, but they still have to keep their their physical traits. You know, I, I was pretty excited about Kenneth Gainwell as a prospect, and I'm one of the people that were like, "Yeah, if he just puts on 10 pounds, I'm all in." But I'm like, well, I haven't seen him play at those extra 10 pounds, so I don't know anymore. Yeah, but another name I wanted to mention is Sam Laporter. Honestly, he just popped to me on paper. Haven't seen him. Haven't really noticed him at all. When I watch Iowa games, I'm just watching the defense. Um, but it's somebody that I want to look at because he, he looks like he's popping on paper. So I actually want to see him as a prospect. And Iowa is, is kind of a, a tight end factory. So yeah. you got any thoughts on, on Sam LaPorter? He is a very interesting player for me. So my biggest thing with him, and, and not much, but he's 6'4", 249 right now. So you'd like to see him put on a little bit of weight. Very good pass catcher. And something that I do like about him is something you mentioned earlier about seeing him moved all around, right? So 196 snaps in line, but then he has 31 snaps in the backfield, 47 snaps in the slot, and 10 snaps out wide. He's also played as a kick returner at times. That was a little bit earlier in his career, but he has done everything. You obviously, as you just mentioned, like to see that, like to see them moved all around the formation. You can flex him out wide, move him around. He's pretty decent with the yak, and again, you're not supposed to scout the helmet, right? That's the rule of the scouting. You don't scout the helmet, scout the player. But the fact that he's coming out of Iowa, they've just done such a great job of developing these tight ends. They, they've got that formula figured out that I do think he is going to be the next best tight end coming out of Iowa. I, I would put him up there in like the Fant area. I don't know that I'd put okay. him over Hawkinson, but I do think that he can be as productive as a Noah Fant. Nice. Yeah. Well, somebody that's on my list. Uh, that's all I got for tight ends. You got anybody else you want to talk about? Anything you just want to mention? That is it. We've, we've kind of covered everybody that I think is important. So, All right. I'm just going to go over the names, just not in order, but just go over the names. We've got Trey McBride. Actually, you know, let's go in order. Let's do, let's do, I'm going to do my top and then you do your top one. Okay. So my, my top tight ends are going to be Trey McBride, Trey McBride at tight end one. I got Jalen Watermeyer. At tight end two for his physical profile, I got Greg Dolchik at tight end three um, for his work ethic. I got tight end four, Jeremy Rucker. Um, tight end five, Charlie Collier. Tight end six is Isaiah Likely. And tight end seven is Cade Auden. What about you, Matt? All right, so at tight end one, I have the same as you, and that's Trey McBride. At tight end two, Jeremy Ruckert. At three, Jalen Weidermeyer. Four, Charlie Kohler. Five is Brant Keith. Six, Isaiah Likely. And seven is, oh God, what'd I just do? I just blanked on his name and then it just went away. I just deleted my notes. Um, uh, was it cool? Did you say Cole Turner? Cole Turner. Cole I don't know why I had okay. Carson Strong stuck in my head. So that's why, because that's his quarterback. Cole Turner is my number seven tight end. Yeah, what, what happened to the Carson Strong hype train just while we're on that name? Because I haven't really heard uh, anyone talk about so far. I mean, Felix won't stop talking about him, but that's just because Felix gets all in on his guys. I mean, I, I think Carson Strong, he's really good. I like him. My biggest thing with him is we've seen the NFL has kind of shifted more toward these athletic quarterbacks. I don't want to say running quarterbacks because not all these guys run, but they're athletic. They can buy time with their legs. That's the one thing Carson Strong is not going to do. He's not going to outrun my grandmother in her walker. He's just not athletic. And I think that's what's going to be the ultimate litmus test right now going into the NFL is will NFL teams value what he can do with his arm? Because I do think his arm talent is some of the best in this class. 
And right now it looks like when you watch the Nevada games, he does a very good job of diagnosing defenses, but he's also playing against Mountain West teams. So how does that translate going into the NFL? I, I, I use this, but I'm not comparing him to Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, but if he can sharpen his mind that way and use it to diagnose defenses like those guys do, though those old school quarterbacks, then this this is a new era of these rushing quarterbacks. And I think we haven't always seen those guys. It was less likely back in the day, and it's kind of progressed to all these quarterbacks doing that. If Carson Strong can use his mind to know where he's going to go, diagnose defenses, I think he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in this class. But will NFL teams think that? And will they give him a shot at that? And will he get the draft capital? Those are the real questions around him right now. Yeah, I, and, like, I'm all about fit. I'm, I was a big Mac Jones fan. I thought yeah. the Patriots made sense. They have that nice offensive line that protects their quarterback with the system. And I, I think Carson Strong is pretty much, like, the Mac Jones of this class. And I think he just needs yeah. to go, like, maybe maybe to the Colts. They have a great old line. Like, the Colts yeah. are probably protecting yeah, yeah. I, right, I'd so, love to see him go uh, Pittsburgh, or uh, if they got to improve their offensive line, obviously. But I think he fits that system very well. And then the other team, and I'm trying to remember who it was. Oh, Washington. But they same thing. They kind of okay. need to improve their offensive line. But I think with the way uh, Turner runs that offense and the way Ron Rivera likes his offense to be running those weapons, I think he'd be a great fit for Washington. All right. Let me let me just ask you one hypothetical question here to finish off on. We're both excited about Trey McBride. Um, do you, well, I got, it's a two-part question. Do you think he's a okay. locked day two pick? And then if so, where, where do you think is the ideal landing spot for him? Lock day two. That's tough because did we even see any tight ends go day two last year? I'm trying to think off the top um, of my head. I had the list up. I, I want to say I don't remember where Hunter Long went. I think Hunter Long was fourth, fifth round. I'm trying to remember who the top tight end uh, was drafted. Oh, Kyle, Kyle Pitts. Pitts. How did I ever forget uh, about Kyle Pitts? Yeah, Kyle Pitts, Pitts went day one. one. So, And then Pat Firemuth was a uh, second-round pick to the yeah. Steelers. Ooh, so could he get day two drafts? Yeah, because I could see him getting drafted in the third round. So then if you want to go offensive skill, hmm, that's a good question. I've got to think about that. Is there a team that you would like to see him go to while I think about this really quick? Uh, the Colts were the first one to pop up in my mind, actually. They don't have any really good pass catchers right now, and uh, yeah. they're like they're just cycling through a bunch of kind of randoms. I like Mo Cox, but I don't know if he's the answer. And then uh, the other guys they have there, I keep forgetting. They, they, they just keep rotating to them. Josh, I can't remember their names. Yeah. To do with small hands. Doyle. Doyle's got small hands. Oh, yeah, Jack Doyle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, I mean, so. so a couple places just off the top that I'm looking at here that I think could be good. I'd love for him to go to – I'd love for Cincinnati to get an athletic tight end. Now, I think they just re-signed Uzoma within the last year or so, so they probably wouldn't do that. But they drafted um, – it was a couple years ago. I don't remember the tight Drew, end's Drew name. Sample. Drew Sample. Yeah, Drew Sample. He hadn't worked out. If they could get a guy like Trey McBride, I mean, imagine that guy running across the middle with Tyler Boyd out of the slot, and then you've got Jamar Chase and T. Higgins on the outside with Joe Burrow throwing the ball. That's dangerous. Another one that I'd love to see because I was hoping Jay Sternberger would break out there, and he never did, would be Green Bay. Like, if they could get a solid tight end again oh, back yeah, there, I think that one. would be – that would be great, but then we also wonder if I wonder if Aaron Rodgers is even going to be there next year because he's got that out now in his contract. But if he were to stay and they were to draft a guy, even if it was like an Isaiah Likely, which that would be incredible seeing him in there with Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. But I, I'd love to see Green right. Bay get that kind of like offensive stud back at tight end. 
Yeah, I'm with you. But unfortunately, Aaron Rodgers probably leaving, and even um, yeah. Tyler Boyd's on a contract year, so no, it'll just right. be yeah. it'll just be Trey in the middle. But um, just looking at the comments right here for Dynasty Pylon, yeah, we talked Debbie on Fridays here at the Dynasty Kings podcast, um, and I don't know about you, I think the 2022 class is deeper, not as top heavy, so I am kind of excited about it, but not not yeah. too excited. Yeah, it's not it's um. Like 2023, we know we have those elite guys at the top, right? I shouldn't say the E word that's kind of frowned upon, but you have those guys that can turn into that, right? Like the very top end tier talent guys in the 2023 class. Just if we're talking tight ends, you've got Michael Mayer, who blows everybody in this class out of the water. But 2022 has some decent depth, and there's a lot of guys at each position that I think maybe won't ever end up being like tight end one's different because tight end, there's such a variance last year. I think the difference between tight end eight and tight end 22 was like a difference of like 12 to 15 points. Like it was not that big a touchdown here. Or there swings you in a massive way outside of those top couple tight ends. There's not much that separates a lot of those other guys. So I think that there's a lot of guys who can produce for you at all three positions. You may not get that, tight end, running running back one, wide receiver one, but you're going to get guys who are going to produce for you for a long time that are going to be on your dynasty roster. It's just going to be consistent, and there's nothing wrong with that. You need those guys to win championships too. There's just not that guy that stands. You don't have the Kyle Pitts this year. That's not coming until 2023. Right. All right, that, that wraps up for the 2022 tight end class. Uh, Matt, where can we find your work? Where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at Sports Fanatic and be on Twitter, and then everything I do is over at CampusDeCanton.com. And I want to say before you let me get out of here, I appreciate you for having me come on and talk the tight ends. It's been fun. Uh, have me dive into a position I, I don't dive into that often. We we kind of overlook it when we always talk about dynasty and everything. So it's fun to to kind of go in and talk about them here and there. Hey, I appreciate you coming on and uh, just to talk about what's going on next week, uh, Tuesday, talking about. Well, week five NFL reactions, me and Jake just can go through about that. And we're also going to talk about how to identify if you need to go into a rebuild. If you're, you know, you got to go through the steps of denial and you have to understand that you need to rebuild your team. And then next Friday for Debbie, we're going to be talking the quarterback class. So hopefully, hopefully I get some help for that one too, because I am also not great at quarterbacks and I am not excited about this class either. All right. Uh, hey, thanks for joining us, you guys. We'll see you later.